0: By week is over games are set to resume this saturday and boy is this a big one tennessee and texas a&m the volunteers need this one Need it in the worst way what does josh heupel think about this matchup That and your questions it's a fun field tuesday locked on balls you are locked on balls your daily podcast on the tennessee volunteers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hey good Tuesday morning everybody! Welcome to Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. A part of that Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate you guys for being here. Shout out to Everydayers for making Locked On Balls your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. We have got so much to get into today. Uh, why I love Tuesday so much? It's for you Everydayers. You guys, you know, tweet in, comment on the YouTube channel. Um, you know, DM all that type of stuff. Your questions, your comments, um, you know, responding to the queue of the day yesterday. How many wins will Tennessee have in the month of October? Sending in your questions. Uh, we spend a whole lot of that in segments two and three. So, really, really do appreciate that. I'm gonna gonna get fancy here. Gonna share the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, we're gonna go to the uh, YouTube comment section and kind of kind of read some of those and make fun of some posters as well. So. Uh, be sure to stick around for that. Uh, but we do want to play some uh, some clips of uh, Josh Heupel. That's Josh Heupel. He opened up Texas A&M Week on Monday afternoon with his annual weekly press conference. And what did he have to say about Texas A&M, the team, uh, the players, the quarterback, all that and more? Um, so that's kind of the uh, the synopsis of the show coming up, and we'll go ahead and get started right now. Uh, opening statements for Josh Heupel is Tennessee now. Attention to Texas A&M and what's gonna be a critical ball game at Neyland Stadium on Saturday. Uh, Josh Heibel, what did he have to say about Texas A&M as he opened up his Monday press conference?
1: Last week was a good week, uh, opportunity to get some work in on the field and and uh, at the same time, get some guys healthy here. Uh, I think everybody uh, enjoyed their their weekend off. Coaches had a, a big week recruiting on, on Thursday and Friday, so a lot of good work there. Um, you know, this is a big football game that's coming up, a uh, really good football team that uh, that we're playing. Checker Nealon, uh, excited to see uh, all of our fans in, in the atmosphere uh, Saturday afternoon. I, I know our guys and, and our staff are ready to get back on the field. A uh, really good football team that uh, that we're playing. Uh, you look at them uh, really in all three phases of the game, uh, they have scheme and players that uh, can change the way the game's played, defensively playing as good as anybody uh, in the country, uh, offensively uh, a veteran quarterback, and. Um, you know skilled players that can make a bunch of plays and and uh, on special teams, extremely dangerous as well. So we kind
0: of kind of paints the picture goes to all three uh, levels of the game, phases of the game, and kind of gives a brief synopsis. Uh, any way you want to spin it, I mean Texas A&M's offense much improved, and we'll, we'll get more and more as the week goes on. Of course, my official preview coming up on Friday, uh, likely gonna have a locked on crossover episode at some point. I need to figure out when I'm gonna film or tape that. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll we'll tell you all about Texas A&M, but the the big things you need to know right now is offensively so much improved it ranked last or next to last in like offensive efficiency passing yards per game all that type of stuff in 2022 um it's middle of the road this year but it's much improved still it's scoring like 36 points per game it's averaging 420 yards or so offense a game it's much improved but the story is the defense the defense is really really good it went from worst to first in terms of uh, rushing yards allowed per game 208 rushing yards a game last year Through six games, only allowing 84 yards on the ground. That's going to be a a tremendous, tremendous challenge. So the defense is the story. The run game is the story. Uh, Number one in terms of yards allowed per game at like 284 yards. Um, Secondary is not very good, but we'll get into that as the week goes on. But my question to Josh Heupel on Monday was, you know, obviously an emphasis on running the football every single game, but what are some of those things you're going to be working towards to try to break through against a team that – is really really good at stopping the run here's Josh Heupel on that
1: yeah they're good at stopping the run they're good at getting after the quarterback too um, you know uh, first of all they got really good skill um, and when I say that I'm talking about their big skill up front too um, they're physical they're dynamic they're thick uh, they play strong they're multiple up up front um, they've created a bunch of negative yardage plays in, in the run game and uh, that's given them the ability to go get after the quarterback uh, second and long third and long too so uh, you got to do a great job in communication. Um, you got to win some one on ones. When you're in a one on one, your double team's got to be good enough to to change the way the the line of scrimmage looks too. So, uh, big test for us uh, up front and and across the board offensively.
0: It'd be a huge test again. Tennessee needs to run the football to be successful. Um, and there's going to be opportunity in that secondary this week. I mean, look at Jalen Milrow last last week threw for over 300 yards on that secondary from A and M. Again, there's going to be some opportunity, but. For Tennessee to be successful, Tennessee's got to run the football. It couldn't against Florida. It couldn't against Georgia last year. Um, those are some of the most recent losses. Now, Tennessee needs to run the football, but AM is a very, very good run-stopping football team. As we know, AM has a new quarterback right now of Lake Connor Wagman, and a sophomore took over towards the end of the year a little bit in a, a part-time role as a true freshman, but he's a sophomore this year. Was the starting quarterback, was playing pretty well. He is out for the year with an injury. Incepts in Max Johnson, who started games at a couple different schools uh, in the Southeastern Conference, a veteran and a guy that, man, what a luxury to have. Uh, what does he look like so far this year? Is the offense any different between Max Johnson, Connor Wagman, and overall the offense under Bobby Petrino? Kind of
1: all that here from Josh Heipel on the AM offense and the AM quarterback. Not, not a ton of difference in them. Uh, both of them were able to extend and, and make plays. I don't think they philosophically have changed uh, what they're doing. Uh, Max is a guy that's played a lot of football. Uh, he's played in a lot of different environments. Um, does a really good job of taking care of the football. Um, he has the ability to extend and make plays and throw the football down the field when, when the play breaks down or when he's got pressure on him. And, and uh, so we got to do a great job of matching guys out out on the perimeter uh well first of all i've said already they got really good personnel uh quarterback's a smart decision maker um he's able to extend and make some plays with his arm um but he's always got some balance in in what he does too so uh, we got to do a good job in the run game and and be able to handle um, all the different pass concepts that you're going to see from him
0: so i mean max johnson's not going to win any heisman trophy but he's doing a pretty good job this year he's not completing at the highest clip i'm sure that they want him to but He's doing a pretty decent job this year. Seven touchdowns, almost 700 yards passing, and bits and pieces of five games, um, two interceptions. We'll get into more of him as, as the week goes on. Uh, the last thing I want to play for you here is kind of some comments, a couple of different comments I kind of you know meshed together here. On replacing Brew McCoy, um, first little bit's about going to be about Dante Thornton, his health. Can he slide outside? A lot of Caleb Webb talk, a lot of Chaz Nimrod talk, a little bit about the tight ends and how they're going to be using the passing game now to try to overcompensate for the loss of Brew McCoy. Here's a little wide receiver talk due to loss of Brew McCoy, starting off with the injury situation for uh, Dante Thornton. Here's Josh Eipel
1: Yeah, he can. Um, that's just the way Bill wanted to list it, so. <laughs> um, you know, we'll see as he uh, he gets back on the field uh, this week, and, and uh, he's worked at both spots. Yeah, offense won't, won't really change. Uh, those guys have been involved in uh, perimeter screens where they're the, the ball carrier, they've been involved where they're uh, the blocker, um, you know, offensively. Uh, we feel good about their development. Um, you know, they got to practice well, prepare well, and, and get themselves in a position to go play well. Uh, we certainly expect that from them. And I know they're excited about the opportunity. I expect all of them to, to play at a high level. Um, we're going to need all of those guys. Uh, that'll be through The course of Saturday, but also throughout the course of the season. So I expect to to see all those guys. Do you
0: think all, all three will actually play with the number one
1: offense? When you talk about all three, Dante
0: Caleb Nimrod.
1: I anticipate Dante again. Uh, you know, we're on the grass today, and and uh, we'll see how the week unfolds. But uh, absolutely anticipate seeing all those guys play on Saturday.
0: First little bit there was about can Dante play on the outside, Dante Thornton. You know, the the official depth chart, air quotes, because there's a lot of things that are wrong on that there's some players that are out for an extended period of time with some injuries who are still listed on the depth chart but anyway uh, Dante Thornton was just as a slot not on the outside and, and right there Josh Hoppe was like oh, that's just the way that Bill wanted to write it up <laughs> just throwing his SID under the bus right there uh but that's Josh I there's going to be a lot of different guys that you know those three guys specifically is what I'm trying to say Caleb Webb Chaz Nimrod and a little bit of Dante Thornton to kind of overcompensate for the loss of Brew McCoy I don't think it's going to be a a one player steps up like Romel Keaton last year. I think the first guy would be Caleb Webb, but I don't know if it'll be just him. We'll have to see. Uh more and more about Josh Heupel on Texas A&M, all that coming up as the week goes on. Uh it's a big week coming up. Texas A&M Tennessee, that'll be at neyland Stadium 3:30 kick, as well the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa, third Saturday in October. That was announced. Yesterday as well, so that is uh, really, really fun. Uh, we'll come back, and uh it's when you take over the show, you every dayers. We'll get into some YouTube comments in segment two, then some more questions via the DMs in segment three, uh, all that and more. That's coming up next, right here on Lockdown Balls. We'll tell you about our friends' prize picks. All right, prize picks is the most fun that I've had, you know, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players. Pick more or less of the projected stats and place your entries. Seriously, it's it's super super simple. It is it is not difficult to do it. I do it every single week. Um, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports out there. If you go to the website or on their app, I and mean, they've got literally every sport at the top. You know, you know, scrolling across the top, so many different options. And if you guys listen to the Game Quest podcast on game days over at VolQuest.com, I've done some work with Price Picks, and um, I'm I'm happy that they're over here with Locked On Balls now too, because it's something I talk about every single week. It is super super easy. I go through there, and I they they have the total. Say it's Joe Milton. That you know, we'll say 221 and a half passing yards. Say, say, I don't know if that's the total, but say that's the total given for the AM game. Do we think it's over or under? Well, we just click over or less, more or less, and you do that for two to six players and make kind of your grid, and then you can win 25 times your money back at price picks. It's so much fun, and you can do it as well uh, by uh, going ahead and, and and clicking in you know, with Locked On College uh, with that promo code. So uh, players and stat types you're selecting, highlight your winnings from price picks, how much fun and simple experience uh, playing the game, all that and more over at uh, PricePix.com. So go to pricepixcom college. Use the promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, PricePix, daily fantasy sports made easy, and uh, you guys will have so much fun hanging out and and doing that over at PricePix.com. I want to shift the focus real quick over to game time. Something we've been a part of here at Vol- or here at uh, Locked On Balls uh, for quite some time now. Um, you should not have to worry about buying your tickets to your next big event. You know, here in Knoxville, um, you know, Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball is coming up in twenty seven days. But not only that, but at, at, at the Food City Center, you know, Thomas Ballinger Arena, the Food City Center, you have concerts. You have theater. You have monster truck rallies. I mean, there's so much going on, and tickets to all those events at TBA Food City Center can be found on Game Time. Uh, Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views of your seat, best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying the tickets. Last-minute deals, flash deals, zone deals for your tickets as well, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, also, job loss protection as well. They have got your back. I encourage you to download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, we want to welcome you back here to your Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols, your team every single day, and um, you everydayers coming back every single day and and making this show work. Tuesdays is your day, so with that being said, let's go ahead and we'll get into it. I I had the cue of the day, and essentially it was like, how many games will Tennessee win in the month of October? So a lot of you guys are responding to that question, plus asking some questions of your own. I thought it'd be uh, easier here um, to go ahead. If you're watching on YouTube, we're going to share a screen. So we're going to share a screen, doing this in real time. Don't have a producer back behind me here. I'm doing it. And so, yeah, so we're sharing a screen right now. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see what we're doing here. And we're just going to go through and we are going to read off some of your comments and some of your questions. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Um, We need to run the table in October. In order for us to do that, we have to play better offense. And that starts on the offensive line. And I agree, Texas A&M is a must win. That is uh from something 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 on youtube yeah it's getting close to a must win i know i flirted with that with the south carolina game and, and finally i got around to it but i mean if you're going to come out with a winning record i think it's safe to assume that you need to win this game at neyland stadium take advantage of that home uh field environment for sure uh wheezy says this team is still a huge question for me it can go 0-3 or 3-0 A&M will answer more questions than South Carolina, I'll agree with that. AM is a must in my book. This team has proven they are horrible on the road. Team's got a whole lot of road questions. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Uh, let's go to this next one. Thanks for putting your videos up so early. I'll work through the night. You are very, very welcome. Uh, let's go to D-Brab, 7137. The number of wins in October depends on our O-line holding for Joe. If he, t- if he has uh, to scramble or heaven forbid you know gets hurt we're in trouble fingers crossed for three wins yeah that offensive line is going to to be huge for Tennessee and it helps that obviously Cooper Mays is back Uh, let's go to remark 1125 unless they figure something out at receiver it's going to be hard to win all three we're going to get a different Alabama team than everyone else it's just part of the rivalry Uh, the injury rate is pretty bad this year who will play against Kentucky is the real question. Tennessee is going to have to play their best game, their best games in a row and for them to be really, really good games. They are all winnable and all losable. That's why you play the games. I have a lot of confidence in this coaching staff. Yeah, you're kind of getting a lot of the same remarks here. that <laughs> You could go 3-0, you could go 0-3, uh, but this Texas AM and game is going to, going to be huge, that is for sure. Uh, let's go to Tony Swanson, 978. My question is... We've heard it about Nico not redshirting, but we've barely seen him play, even with a big lead, uh, and he should have got in, but why not try to redshirt him now? Because I don't see Tennessee winning big that many more games this season. I think uh, it would have really benefited him to play when we were up big against South Carolina, UTSA, especially when Joe got hurt. Uh, I agree with you there. I know obviously Joe was fine, but why risk it? I completely agree, yada, yada, yada. Okay, um... Yeah, I mean, I think that they wanted to play Nico a whole lot more against Austin Peay. I think they wanted to play Nico a whole lot more against UTSA, and they never did, or up, up until the very end. I can't really remember. And I think they wanted to play Nico a lot more so far than what they have. And I'm—I haven't checked the stats. I'm pretty sure he hadn't played. He hadn't hit that four-game marker. So uh, my thing is, it'll—it'll it'll kind of take care of itself. Like, here's the thing. Nico is never thought to be a redshirt candidate because if Nico is who you thought he's going to be, he's going to come in, start two years, and then go to the NFL. Now, it doesn't always work out that way. I understand that. But if you get to the end of the year and Nico qualifies for a redshirt, then sure, they'll slap the tag on him. But, I mean, that doesn't mean just like, oh, we'll shut him down the rest of the year. That's not how redshirts work anymore. Um, he's your backup quarterback no matter what. Uh, if something happens, you are not going to hold Nico out. Nico will go in there and be your quarterback. He's your backup quarterback no matter what. But if by season's end, he qualifies for a red shirt, then yeah, they'll tag a red shirt on him. But you hope, you hope that if he is who we think he is, then it won't even matter because he's going to be gone after his third year on campus. Uh, Let's go to Christopher Welch. We have some really good D lines coming our way with Milton's arm being very strong and accurate when he has time. Just put the long snapper out there and put Joe 15 yards behind the line or have him run backwards 20 yards every play. Laugh out loud, that's a joke, but go ahead, everyone. Tell me how dumb I am. Um, point is, they do have good defensive lines. Uh, A&M does. Alabama does. Even Kentucky's got a good defensive line. This offensive line, we've harped on the struggles. We've harped on the uh, musical chairs at times. We've talked about how, at times, I believe it's affected play calling. But, you know, for an outsider for an outsider looking in, you say, oh, well, this offensive line's only giving up five sacks. That doesn't tell the whole story. It really doesn't. But this offensive line, I believe it played a lot better last week. Five or six, five or six sacks, five or six sacks on the season. I think it played a whole lot better uh, against South Carolina, but it's gonna be tested. It's gonna be tested. And, and thank goodness you have your your center back for Cade Mays or Cooper Mays. Uh John Marsh says, John Nash says it's hard for me to want to buy into Kamal Haddon being good, but man, he is so inconsistent and he looks so lost at times. Not to mention he never turns his head. When he does 90%, it's a pick, but when he doesn't, it just it just looks bad. I wanna love having him out there every single play, but man, like you said, every mistake is huge preventable mistake. Yeah, uh, again, that that's the issue with Kamal Haddon. Like he's he's balling for for much of the game and for you know, in terms of pro football focused stats, in terms of being a cover cover corner. It's no dispute, he's been Tennessee's best cover corner so far this year um but it's just like when those mistakes happen they're so noticeable and they're so preventable uh, like the poster says right here so i get that from the fan base like you want to recognize a good player when he's playing well you want to support him you're always going to support him i don't think that there's any reason to boo a guy that's just my opinion especially at this level that's just my opinion again i know that's uh, a lot of people got opinions on that but that's my opinion um but man it's just it, it's so hard to forget about some of those plays so i get it i get it but here's the thing. He's playing well, he's covering well and he's going to play for Tennessee. So, even if you don't like him and I know that's not what you're saying poster, but even if you don't like him, get used to it. He ain't going nowhere. Um, William says my heart says we're going to sweep and win all three games, but my mind tells me 2 and 1. I think that's a fair assumption. Uh, Carla says, I got Tennessee winning all three games and no, this is not a Homer take either. Texas A and M's at Neyland, the blueprint on how to beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa has been out. It was been put out by Texas and Kentucky is a perennial seller dweller. Yeah. I think the Missouri Kentucky game this weekend is going to tell us a lot as well. I mean, cause both of those teams, right. Didn't play nobody got off the hot starts. They played somebody this week. Kentucky looked like crap. Missouri. You know, offensively, definitely had a pulse, but still, you know, got beat. Um, we'll see how how good Kentucky or how yeah how real the Kentucky threat can be. You know, after this game, in my opinion, uh, let's see here. After this weekend, I feel a lot better about beating Alabama, Texas A and M, and Kentucky. Well, yeah, they got to rest a little bit. Uh, Roba twenty two says, "Can we win two to three this month? Yes. Will we win two to three this month?" Uh, to do so, we got to win the home game against A&M for sure. You win this game, and then winning at Alabama becomes possible. Uh, you win there, too, and then at Kentucky game becomes a huge game for the season. But you have to win this game Saturday to go 3-0 and or 2-3 and this month. I completely agree with that. Uh, Evan says, did you know Kamal Haddon has a PFF grade of over 80 this season? Hashtag stop booing your own. Spread the message, Eric. Spread the message, Eric. Thanks, bro. Again, I don't like the booing. I'm with you, man. I do not like the booing whatsoever. Um, Let's see here. Any update on Keenan Peely injury? I still think he's weeks away, in my opinion. I still think he is weeks away. David says three wins in October. GBO. Let's see here. This is a non-Tennessee fan here. I hate Texas A&M and UT, but I'm going to root for UT because when Bama beats UT, I want UT to have a high ranking, so that helps Bama. I guess this is a Bama team. So I never thought I would say this, but go Vols. Well, well, that makes sense coming from an Alabama fan, I guess. Um, after having watched the Alabama and Texas A&M game, does that make you feel more comfortable for a potential win over Alabama, or does it make you nervous about a potential loss against A&M at home? Uh, yes. Yes. I think the answer is yes to both, right? I mean, AM's good, in my opinion. And, and, and I think anybody that kind of wrote off Alabama after the loss to Texas is kind of foolish. Alabama's ceiling is so much higher with a Milro that's playing well. And you saw that this past week. Look at that, right? They're still lacking some talent compared to years past, but they're still talented. So I would say it's more nervous about AM. But then again, AM's got to go on the road. So I don't know. That's a good question. Uh that is a good question. We'll get to a couple more here, then we gotta hit a break. Um <laughs> this is a Colorado fan. Whenever I was making fun of uh Shadir Sanders for going over the student section after beating a one win Arizona State, said, Yeah, that's because the student section was taunting him and, and his father the entire game. But hey, go off, man. Athletes shouldn't toss talk smack. Um no, I don't I don't care. Um <laughs> I just uh I don't care if anybody talks smack. Um, also, student sections, that's what they do. They talk smack. I just think it's hilarious when you barely beat a one-win team to go over there and talk smack after the game. Like You should be like, oh no, we barely got this win. That's embarrassing. Well, let's go back, be thankful, and get back to work. That's the mindset you should have, in my opinion. Uh, anyway, great stuff there. Appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and uh, watching yesterday's show. Thank you so much for commenting on the uh, the, the the YouTube comments, the YouTube channels as well, and and making that what it is when we come back i'll get into uh, your questions sent over to the uh, direct messages I'll bookmark some of them as well that's coming up next more of your twitter tuesday that's happening right now on locked on Balls. do you want to tell you about our friends over at jace medical jace medical has been with locked on for a couple of weeks now and uh awesome awesome stuff and i encourage you to uh, be prepared and take advantage of, of learning kind of what jace Medical. Uh, is everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that the medication is on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get twenty dollars off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the promo code locked on at checkout at jace medical.com. That's promo code locked on at jace medical.com. medicalcom medical.com promo code locked on. All right, guys and gals. We've got a couple of minutes left here. Locked on Vaughns. Went a little overboard in segment two, but uh, again, it's when you everydayers get to take over the show. So I can't thank you enough uh, for uh, you know, buying into the show and, and, and making it what it is. And I want to make sure to to get to all the questions that I possibly can. Uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and go to the Twitter DMs and let's look at uh, some of these questions or really the, the twitter.com. I guess it's X now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, pull, pull some of these uh, questions that I, that I have bookmarked here. Let's go to Darius. Darius says, who was your favorite Vols YouTube channel and your favorite volunteer YouTuber not named Eric Kaner? Um. Well, I mean, I, I do a collab with Boogie. So B- Boogie Bentley, number one, and then, you know, the Talkin' Balls Network. So, uh, you know, I collab with them and, and uh, love love him coming on the show every Thursday or Friday. I go on their show typically every Monday. I think it's going to be Friday this week. But anyway, I love the collaboration. Been doing it with him now for the second season, and um, I appreciate everything that he's done. So Boogie for sure would be my answer. Let's go to Jared here. Is Joe Milton the third is who he is at this point, or are we still waiting on that potential to burst through? If the former, then I see us going eight and four worst case scenario. If the latter, then I think we win out best case scenario thoughts. I I think that's a really good way to, way to put it. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody on the GQ last week and kind of going back and forth and we can always find the stats that, you know, kind of, kind of slant towards our argument and not just in sports and anything. Right. Um, Joe Milton is who just he just is who he is at this point in time. You know, he's not he's not losing you games, um, but he's not the reason you're winning games. That can change. Why? Well, because he's got an absolute cannon because he can make the throws downfield um, because for the most part, I understand he had two turnovers against South Carolina. And that's the thing that if it continues and that's worrisome, but he's a guy that's not going to put the ball in harm's way. He's going to make the right decisions and he's more accurate now than he ever has been throughout his career. He's got a cannon. He's athletic. I mean, he's got all these things. So if everything you know checks off, checks off, checks off, then yeah, you know the the, the potential can can take you to another level. But even if he kind of just is who he is right now, and you run the football and you play good defense, then you can still win some games. Now he's going to have to make some plays in order to win some of these these big time games. Alabama on the road, Georgia at home. You know some of these bigger, you know mm-hmm. Kentucky, Missouri but if you still play good defense consistently and run the ball consistently you're still going to win some games doing it this way so yeah he is who he is at this point until proven otherwise he is exactly who he is at this point until proven otherwise um but that's not horrible right now you'd like to see more and you're going to need to see some more for for Tennessee to win some of these big games I hope that makes sense I'm kind of just kind of just talking through it I I hope that makes sense. you're gonna you're gonna have to hit some hit some passes down the field like just think about it some of these some of these uh you know 30 40-yard bombs down the field 30-yard bombs you know 40 50-yard bombs down the field you know some of these long passes that have been just so close I mean, you hit on a couple of those it changed the directory of his stat line and some of these season outlooks right now for joe milton um shoulda coulda woulda it's close but no cigar right i get it uh but maybe some of those do connect as the season goes on and and you start looking at joe milton a little different we'll see Somebody commented, you know, when I was doing the pro football focus, uh, it was the season grades at this point. And somebody jumped in the YouTube section and said, oh, well, how come you changed, uh, lowered the bar for a replaceable player from 60 to 50? Is it because Joe Milton, you know, graded out at 54, you know, point whatever in South Carolina? It's like, well, first of all, I was doing the season, so no. And a replaceable player is below 50, not below 60. It's how it always been in the pro football focus. My point is, you can find stats that always skew your arguments. Um, it's just about you know putting those all together, a collection, and seeing kind of what the consistent themes are there. And so far this season, Joe Milton is not putting the ball in harm's way, and when he's got a good running game to him, you know he's he, he's, he's good enough to help Tennessee win games. But he's not the reason Tennessee's winning games. So I'll be intrigued to see you know Joe Milton looks like the rest of the way. Um, he is the one player that, you know, if Tennessee wants to reach its goals, representing the East and Atlanta, winning 10 games and all that, then Joe Milton will have to you know play better. Joe Milton will have to play better and start connecting on some of these shoulda, coulda, wouldas, if that makes sense. Boy, I just talked around and around and around and around and around, <laughs> but um, it is what it is. I uh, hope I answered your question. Let's go to Ross here with the Red River rivalry. Say that ten times fast. Uh becoming an SEC game next year. Where do you think it will rank in the in the uh the order of SEC rival games? Boy, this is a good question. And, and there's no right or wrong answer. Like the Iron Bowl's the Iron Bowl is nationwide. Um third Saturday in October is like nationwide, but the iron bowl is higher than that, if you ask any other football fan, not here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh world's largest co- outdoor cocktail parties up there, Deep South's oldest rivalry, the egg bowl. I'm going to go ahead and put the Egg Bowl down at the bottom. That's just me. Um, boy, I would have the Iron Bowl one. As a Tennessee you know, person, I would have third Saturday in October up there too. But it would probably go like this. Iron Bowl. Oh, man. the Probably the Red River Rivalry maybe. And then the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And then the uh, third Saturday in October. That's kind of how I'd rank them. But, I mean, we're Tennessee people. So, we're going to put the third Saturday in October up higher. But I think the... Uh, the rest of the people will kind of have it a little lower. That's a really, really good question. Maybe we can talk about it more. Let me know what you guys think. Where does the Red River Rivalry come in in terms of SEC rivalry games uh, when they enter the uh, when they enter uh, here in a couple of – or next year? Next year. Um, here's Braden. What exactly does it take to get an elite grade from Pro Football Focus? I think about the fact that Hyde didn't get close to. Uh, even after his game against Alabama last year, and I wonder what it takes to get that elite grade. I have to go back and check. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, I don't know how high I wouldn't have got it because he was <laughs> he was targeted six times, had five receptions for over 200 yards and three and five touchdowns. So I'm not. I'll have to go back and look. If he really didn't get that elite quote unquote 90 to 99, then I have no clue what it takes. <laughs> but goodness gracious, um, I don't know. You got to be you got to be nearly flawless. And who of our seniors looks like uh, first round draft picks as it stands right now? None right now. There's not a there, there's not a uh, there's not a Darnell right on this team right now. Joe Milton's got the potential. I mean, if he starts doing stuff towards the end of the season, then maybe him being that Anthony Richardson. But right now, none. Now, are there loads and loads of draft picks? I think so. I think Tennessee will have plenty of draft picks this year. Maybe not as many as last year, but I think Tennessee will have several draft picks, but as of right now, I don't see any being a first round draft pick. Um, And then last one, we will go to Alan. Alan said, love hearing your comments about the games and the greater college football picture over the weekend. Your comments about winning October this year got me looking ahead to Alabama and Kentucky. We've seen our team's issues on the road, but can you talk about the fact that Kentucky has a bye week prior to our game on the 28th? How big of a deal is that for us? Actually, I actually think Kentucky is going to be a huge problem for us. Can you talk me off the ledge? I think depending on how Kentucky looks against Missouri this weekend will tell us a lot. Again, Kentucky and Missouri both got off to, to hot starts, off to really, really big hot starts. Um, but we saw what Kentucky looked like when it played somebody. Now, Georgia's really good. Georgia's really good, but Kentucky looked awful against Georgia. Georgia. Um, Missouri, on the other hand, did a lot of good things offensively and still lost the game just because it was a defensive struggle. Now, um, I think that game will tell us a lot. How does Kentucky look against a team like Missouri? Um, having a bye week before Tennessee absolutely helps Kentucky, just like it should help Tennessee against a this week. Anytime you get the rest, you get to nurse guys back from injury and, and hopefully get them back for the football game. Uh, you get to game plan for two weeks instead of one. Anytime you get that opportunity, it's only going to benefit your team, and for it to be home, you know it's going to be a night game. It will one hundred percent be a night game because it's always a night game in Kentucky. Um, that's a little worrisome, but if Kentucky goes out there and Leary continues to struggle, and Ray Davis sitting putting the entire team on his back, um, and, and and you lose to Missouri, then I'm not as worried about it. But then again. You have to ask the question, how good is Missouri? So I'm not going to talk you off the ledge. I mean, I think there's the concern there, but I think we'll know more about Kentucky this upcoming weekend, in my opinion. All right, a little lengthy. Sorry about that, guys, but I do appreciate you sending in your questions your comments on the YouTube channel, your direct messages, all that and more. I uh, can't thank you enough. Every single Tuesday is when you guys get to take over the show right here on Locked On Balls. Can't thank you enough. Shout out everydayers. We'll come back. Josh Ward, Little Ward Wednesday, coming up tomorrow. We'll have a couple other big time guests on. As the week goes on, we'll have a Locked over, locked On crossover at some point with Locked On Aggies. Uh, we'll get uh, the word from Boogie Bentley. All that coming up as the week goes on. Thank you so much. If you haven't already, please subscribe to uh, Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel. Please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. That and a whole lot more. We'll be back on Wednesday. This is Locked on